U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi has begun her tour of Asia. The big question on everyone's lips is whether she'll visit Taiwan. Her official itinerary announced by the House includes stops in Japan, South Korea, Singapore and Malaysia, with Taiwan conspicuously missing. However, many pundits, including foreign media outlets and DPP legislators, say there is a high chance she'll come to Taiwan. Let's listen to what they said. uh, All indications are that it could very likely happen probably after she visits Japan because she could get a military escort. If Pelosi's itinerary did not include Taiwan, there wouldn't be such a degree of secrecy surrounding it. Before Speaker Pelosi set off, one thing she said was the U.S. should show its greatest support for Taiwan at this moment. So a visit by her would show that Taiwan faces threats, as well as Taiwan's democratic freedom, Taiwan's economic prosperity and Taiwan's geostrategic importance. Meanwhile, China has responded with Pelosi's probable Taiwan visit with at least Five live-fire military exercises in the South China Sea, Taiwan Strait and East China Sea. Whether Pelosi, who has been dubbed the Iron Lady of U.S. Congress, will heed China's warning shots remains to be seen. Out with the old, in with the new was the theme of a forum on Taiwan-Japan relations organized by the Li Donghui Foundation on Sunday. Attendees included President Tsai Ing-wen, Japan's de facto ambassador Izumi Hiroyasu, and ambassador-at-large Ling Jialong, who is also the DPP's mayoral candidate for New Taipei. The late Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo would have given a speech at the event if it weren't for his recent assassination that shocked the world. Participants at the conference stood in a moment of silence to remember the slain Japanese leader. The Li Donghui Foundation and Taiwan Think Tank on Sunday held a conference on Taiwan-Japan relations. Originally late Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo was invited to give a speech. With his recent assassination, attendees instead observed a moment of silence to mourn his untimely death. President Li left us two years ago. He had devoted his life to democratizing Taiwan and promoting a political transformation in Taiwan. The profound impact he made has resulted in important resources shared by the people of Taiwan. For the future development of Taiwan-Japan relations, I have three wishes. Strengthening substantive economic and trade exchanges, continuing to unite in common efforts to strengthen civil society and in the area area of cultural exchanges and adopting a more normalized approach to regional security cooperation. Former President Li Denghui and former Prime Minister Abe Shinzo had devoted their lives to deepening Taiwan-Japan relations. President Tsai, Ambassador-at-Large Lin Jialong and Annie Lee, head of the Li Denghui Foundation and the late President's daughter, all gave addresses. The severing of diplomatic ties between Taiwan and Japan in 1972 is an irreversible historical fact, but exchanges between the two nations are getting closer and closer. Thanks to our special historical origins and the efforts of everyone, the two nations' relationship did not end because of this and instead continued to warm. Behind these continuously warming ties between Taiwan and Japan, former President Li played 
a very, very, very crucial role, both when he served in public office and when he went back to being a private citizen. At present, New Taipei City has not formed sister city-level ties with any Japanese city. Given the close relationship between Taiwan and Japan, this is really incredible. While expressing his hopes for Taiwan-Japan ties, Lin also took a pot shot at his rival, the current mayor of New Taipei City, Hou Yi, accusing him of having done absolutely nothing in the area of city exchanges. Lin even went as far as to say that Hou had never promised to finish his term as mayor. Lin claimed this was a habit of KMT politicians. Whether he intends to run for New Taipei City Mayor now or for president in the future, he should really be frank and say so publicly. The KMT has several politicians like this. In 2016, KMT Chairman Eric Chu took leave in his capacity as New Taipei Mayor to run for president. Mr. Han Guoyu took leave after he was elected Kaohsiung Mayor to run for president. Perhaps some people are questioning this and asking if this is a KMT habit. Lin once again urged Hall to make his intentions clear and not be a poor role model. Sunday's number of local COVID cases at 20,824 still remained above the 20,000 mark, and the COVID-related death toll was at 34. While case numbers are still continuing to drop, the pace of the decline seems to be slowing. There are also reports of people testing positive after coming out of isolation. Experts point out that people can still be infectious seven days after coming down with COVID. They say the end of quarantine doesn't mean a patient is out of the woods. Self-health management is something that should be taken seriously. In the U.S., a person confirmed to be infected would only have to do a five-day quarantine. The reason for this, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, is that the spread of the virus occurs mostly during the early stages of infection. However, doctors in Taiwan point out that as much as a quarter of patients infected with Omicron is still contagious eight days after the initial infection. Experts in Switzerland have also found that being fully vaccinated, having been previously infected and other behaviors after infection all play a role in the spread of an Omicron subvariant. It was still sunny and hot on Sunday with the mercury reaching 38 degrees in Taidong County. But things will change tomorrow when a low pressure system arrives, raising the chances of rain throughout the island. Central and southern regions as well as southeastern regions will likely see heavy rain in the next three days. The Central Weather Bureau says the precipitation will continue until Thursday. It was a scorcher of a day in Taipei on Sunday, with parasols dotting the streets. Temperatures throughout the island were high, with Taidung reaching 38 degrees. However, the Central Weather Bureau says the weather will be drastically different on Monday. From this evening to the early morning tomorrow, a low-pressure system will be approaching. The wind will still be coming in from a southwesterly direction in the early morning tomorrow. From the early hours of the morning to late in the morning, there's a good chance for localized heavy showers to occur in the central and southern regions, especially in the coastal areas. This weather radar shows a high-pressure system over the Pacific that is stretching westward. 
Meanwhile, a low-pressure system is moving near Taiwan and bringing in moisture. From Monday to Wednesday, the chances of rain will be high, with the possibility of brief showers or thunder showers throughout the island. Central and southern regions, southeastern regions as well as mountainous regions should watch out for brief torrential rain, lasting until Thursday. From Monday to Wednesday, the rainfall will be most pronounced and there will be brief and heavy rainfall in various places, especially in the central and southern regions and the southeastern regions and other mountainous areas. From Monday to Wednesday, there will be a higher chance of localized heavy rain. The low-pressure system on Friday will leave Taiwan, dispersing moisture in the air. However, the public is still advised to watch out for afternoon thunder showers in mountainous regions. The private Lanyang Institute of Technology in Ilan County will close for good on Monday. To mark its last day, the school's alumni association gathered together some 500 former classmates, some of whom graduated 20 or even 30 years ago. The proud alumni all put on their old school uniforms, returning to memories of their youth. Lanyang Institute of Technology, previously known as Fuxing Junior College of Technology, was founded in 1966. It was Ilan's first college-level institute and was once the county's most prestigious academic institution. In 2001, it restructured as the technical college. In its heyday, it had more than 10 departments. More than 8,000 students would study at the school, and the school accumulated 35,000 alumni over the decades landed in professions in all walks of life. In recent years, the school had been hit by the nation's low birth rate, and last year it stopped admitting students. You might have seen them before. Gamadiams are a haklo term for traditional Taiwanese corner stores. Gamadiams were once ubiquitous across the country, but they've now largely been replaced by convenience stores and supermarkets. Today, we take a trip down memory lane and visit a few of Taiwan's last surviving gamadiams. Some are decades-old shops still run by their original owners. Others are managed by enterprising young people who have found fresh ways to keep the tradition alive. Here's this week's Sunday Special Report. Miaoli Shitan Township has only 4,132 people, making it the least populated of the county's 18 administrative districts. We have about 1,100 residents aged 66 to 79, and about 1,000 residents over 80. So these days in Shitan, when you're outside walking around, all the people you see will be older people. What's unique about Shitan is not just the large number of older adults, but also the large number of traditional grocers, known in Hoklo as Gamadian. In a short span of just 400 meters along the township's old street, one can find two such traditional grocers. This location is the older of the two. Built in the Japanese colonial days, it has been operating for nearly 70 years now. The shop is run by 67-year-old Su Qingjiang and his 95-year-old mother. Mm-hmm. 
I took over running the shop in 1980. This building was originally our house. You could say the business here is pretty good. When people come back to town, they gather here to buy things. In an age when there were no convenience stores, Gamma Diams were where everyone in town gathered to shop. More importantly, they were where town folk gathered to connect with each other. Around the sides of the township's grocery stores, wherever space allows it, we put out chairs for people to rest. The people who live around here have an emotional connection to these stores. During the Japanese colonial era, there were as many as 50 such grocery stores in Shitan Township. Later, the exodus of people from the town, combined with the arrival of chain stores, convinced most independent grocers there to close up shop. Today, only 12 Gamma Diams remain in Shitan. It's never occurred to me to close up shop because I've got my mother at home here. Mainly, I'm here to take care of her, as well as to keep the shop running. Although business isn't as good as it used to be, Su still makes a sufficient living. For his community, Gamma Diams hold a special meaning. In cities, you have convenient public transportation, so if you need to go to the supermarket or the hypermarket, it's quite easy to get there. But in a place like Shitan, public transportation is not quite as convenient. Therefore, the small grocery shops still have their place. Traditional independent grocery stores can still thrive in small towns, perhaps due to the lack of supermarkets and hypermarkets. But what about Gamma Diams found in cities? Hidden away in Taoyuan's Liuhe commercial district is this small, unassuming shop. The fragrance of coffee fills the air. The owner of this shop is 45-year-old Zheng Yi. She has help from her longtime shop assistant and grandmother, 88-year-old Chiu Hui Mei. This shop is a hybrid of sorts. One side of it is kept in the style of a Gamma Diam. This area over here is our cafe, and on this side is my grandmother's Gamma Diam. Due to space restrictions in the Gamma Diam, we just put out some of the more commonly sold items. Some things we keep in the back, like these things here. Actually, our customers come back here themselves to get stuff. Customers are free to walk into the back room as if it were their own home, and they make small talk with Zheng's grandmother. For some 10 years now, the shop's only customers have been the owner's elderly neighbors. Within just 300 meters of us here, there are a dozen or so convenience stores. Within 500 meters, there are two supermarkets. So basically, we lost all of our customers to those stores. Business at the store has waned over the years, and Zheng's grandmother no longer has the energy she once did. In 2017, Zheng decided to close up her own coffee shop. She transplanted her business to her grandmother's store so that she could help out.
I thought whether I take over the Gamma Dam or merge it with my coffee shop, I want to make some changes to improve business. Changes and transformations are all in the hope of drawing in customers. Zheng, an animal lover who has a pet hedgehog, turned the Cafe Gamma Diem hybrid into a pet-friendly establishment. Hello, Sakura, you came! Wow, it's been a long time to see you. I went online to find this cafe. I went online and searched for meetups of hedgehog pet owners, and that's how I found this cafe. I followed the map here, and when I arrived, I discovered the owner has a hedgehog of her own. She's also really friendly toward pets. Only after I stepped inside did I realize there was a gamma dam here. Later, I brought my kids here. They loved it because they'd never seen these things before. Zheng successfully cracked the pet owner's market and increased revenue at the Gamma Diem by nearly 20%. Taking her grandmother's sleep schedule into account, Zheng opens the shop at 9am. She doesn't make meals, only coffee. But on whim, she decided to team up with a breakfast shop. The shop owners around here are all really friendly. We share resources. It's about the common good, about coexisting. So even if it's just for a club sandwich, I'll go there. I'll deliver it to them. I'm really willing to do that. I told them, I'll order breakfast from you, but since the meat marinade that you use contains rice wine, you can buy that wine from us because my grandmother sells that stuff. Through cooperation and reciprocity, traditional shops in the neighborhood help keep each other alive. Over in Taoyuan Xinwu district, this family is also keeping tradition alive. The Zhong family has lived in this townhouse for three generations. They opened a grocery store on the first floor in 1956. In 1986, second-generation owner Zhong Xingming took over. With the advent of convenience stores and supermarkets, business got harder and harder. Roughly 10 years ago, Zhong Xingming's daughter began helping out by bringing fresh ideas to the traditional operation. I work at the airport, where I encounter lots of new ideas from other countries. My company tends to engage in group buying, and sometimes I'd buy something delicious through the group and then want to go buy more, but would have to wait a long time for the chance. Xinbu is really small, and most of the young people here are in junior high or senior high school. So, I decided to start a collective buying group to get those young people to come buy stuff at our shop. The first group purchase that Zhong Peiru introduced was chocolate from Japan. At that time, it was impossible to buy Black Thunder chocolate bars from Japan. You couldn't find them anywhere in Taiwan. But at the airport where I was working, I could get them. So I started buying them in bulk to resell. Then everyone started lining up at our shop to get them. 
How did we suddenly get so many young people coming to our shop? We didn't recognize any of them. Some even came from other parts of the country. There were lots of them. It was quite strange. That really piqued our interest. The Zhang family's Gamma Diam suddenly became famous. Zhang Peiru set up a Facebook fan page for the shop and began looking for the next sales opportunity. But the older people in her family didn't understand the idea of group buying. The high price of the items she wanted to buy made them doubt her idea's earning potential. My father was opposed to my way of doing things, but I had confidence in myself. I thought those imported snacks were really delicious, and I was sure young people would feel the same. So I did it my way and showed my dad that even if I bought that many cakes, I could sell them all. In the end, Zhang Peiru's older family members saw the success of her methods and came on board. They learned how to use social media platforms and how to set up collective buying groups. Over time, the number of customers grew, and store revenue grew by nearly 60 percent. Gamma Diam are a key part of Taiwan's traditional culture. For the older generations that opened them, they provided good livelihoods. As youth bring fresh ideas into these bastions of tradition, the spirit of the past continues to live on in the present.